0: We we are officially recording. Born ready. Born ready. Cold intro. Cold intro. We're just getting warm. (laughs) Getting warm, getting ready. We we don't do warm-ups. No? Before we do this, I don't know if that's something that we should do. That was the warm-up. That was the warm-up, the check? Okay, I just don't know. You've been reading a podcast book. Does it say to do warm-ups before you record? Oh, I haven't gotten that far. Hmm.
1: Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Can of Worms. If you're new here and don't know what can of worms is, essentially every episode, we dive into a new topic and open up a can of worms. In our past episodes, we've interviewed environmental scientists about the Great Salt Lake, we've played Dungeons and Dragons, we've even gone ghost hunting. So if that sounds interesting to you, then keep listening. I'm Oliver, the host of this podcast, so I'll take you along for this wonderful journey. Maybe this season we'll get a sponsor. I'm hoping for Squarespace. I feel like you make it as a podcast when you have Squarespace on the roster. Oh for
0: sure, for sure. What the, one of, what yeah, else? one
1: of those food delivery companies. they like preps Hello HelloFresh. Yeah, HelloFresh.
0: I'm certain there's other ones, that's the only one I can command. Meandies. We'll yeah. probably get
1: Meandy's as a sponsor by then at this What's season. one? There's, that's the goal.
0: There's certainly other sponsorships. Maybe they'll really like us and
1: Meundies? all of them.
0: All of them will sponsor us. Yeah, that would be great. Get some profit.
1: So if anyone from Meandis is listening, please uh reach out.
0: Hit us up. <laughs> we would love to be sponsored by you.
1: Anyway, I think this is now season two since it's a new semester since season Mm -hmm, one, mm -hmm. a new year, new calendar year for sure. So we're calling this season two.
0: Can I call this season two? Absolutely. You're the host. You can call it whatever you'd like.
1: Oh great. Uh, That's Cambria, by the way. They are our producer here on the show. You'll probably hear them pop in and out of these episodes. Cambria, you should uh, pop in and give a little witty, a witty little tidbit.
0: Hey guys, it's me. (laughs) I'm the producer now. I destroyed (laughs) Alan. Trial by combat.
1: If you remember Producer L. If you
0: remember Producer L from our, you were... from season one. From season one, Producer, Producer L, classic Producer L, I beat them in Trial by Combat, and also Producers M and O and P. And so now it's me. So get on with it.
1: <laughs> okay, now the producers do producer things and holding up a big blinking sign that says to get on with the episode already. It's true, I am. The nice thing about an audio format is I can lie about things that you can't see, so now you think Cambria is holding up a sign. It's a big neon sign that says, get on with the episode already. The oh my God. And there's a there's a <laughs> wild dog running through now. Nope. It's barking oh, God, like crazy. Oh my gosh, it's get barking like crazy. In. No.
0: It's running right around the studio. No it's just barking. Oh my gosh. And a British
1: man in a flat cap just came into the studio running after him. Why is he British? The dog must be his. You really need to put audio in for this, if that's okay.
0: Yeah, it is me who has to... I am the one who has to put it all But you will. But you will. Yeah, I definitely won't just put you gotta the- put audio in i'm gonna put, i'm gonna put an audio collage of every time that you've ever misspoken a word <laughs> no. instead of a dog barking <laughs> no
1: you gotta put the dog barking in oh uh, okay we'll sorry see. everyone that was a whole ordeal the owner eventually got the dog and yep. we chatted for a bit afterwards yeah his name is actually nigel we got along quite well
0: the dog or the guy's name is nigel
1: nigel the guy that owns the dog is- we all just went out for lunch
0: what about the dog Is the dog also Nigel?
1: No, I don't know the dog's name. What's the dog's name? I don't know. You
0: didn't even ask the dog's name? I don't know. What kind of friend are you? (laughs) I don't know. We went out
1: for lunch though. I know Nigel now. Okay. I hope we're all having fun. My idea for today's episode is about music, specifically about Salt Lake's local music scene. So, we're gonna take a deep dive into that.
0: Love a deep dive.
1: I'm sure some of you listeners can relate to me when I say that music is kind of the first medium of art that I could truly appreciate and relate to. I never really understood how people could feel so strongly after staring for a painting in a museum for 20 minutes, but I don't know, I'm still working in that. I can see a little bit more about the emotion that art conveys, but I've, I don't know. I've always just truly really gotten goosebumps and stuff from listening to music and I kind of started in an early age just from music my mom showed me and stuff like that. So I wanted to do a little bit of a deep dive in this episode about specifically Salt Lake's music scene and I thought it would be a good idea to get in touch with someone that plays in a band here in Salt Lake. I've always wanted to play in a band.
0: Have you been in a band?
1: I have been kind of in a band. I was in a band in high school called uh, Naive, I believe, but it was like a class. (laughs) You know, there's like jazz band class. That's a
0: great name. I don't know. know? (laughs) I don't know, but like for what it is, if you're just like, what should our band name be for this class where we learn to be in a band. yeah, Naive is pretty fun. Yeah, It's pretty good.
1: But it wasn't very official, it was just a class. Like, we did a few Arctic Monkeys and Cage the Elephant covers, and it was fun, but we never performed, and we never really had much motivation to actually go out and book shows. But that's kind of my only... I was in a band. You were?
0: I was in a band with my brothers when we were young. What'd you play? I played the bass guitar.
1: That's sweet. Do you still play the bass?
0: I, I play the bass in that I remember... I have some muscle memory of... What I played, I do not really do it much anymore. We we've since broken up. That's fair. It's crazy, even though.
1: There's probably a documentary about how the band broke up. It's definitely
0: like Jonas Brothers. They they took cues off of us, (laughs) you know.
1: What was your band called? Uh,
0: there were a couple iterations. I think the main one was Los Benditos con Cami. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um. It was a good time.
0: (laughs) Anyway,
1: I'm going to take you all on a little local music adventure and start by chatting with somebody from a local band here in Salt Lake. With the Daily Utah Chronicle, I'm Oliver Jones, and you're listening to Can of Worms.
2: Oh yeah. we got we got the Zoom. Oh,
1: that sounds good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you hey, you, just, you got me with no headphones? What's up with that? That
1: was Seth Richardson. He sings in the band Valet, a local band where a lot of the members actually go to school here at the U. Cool. I wanted to chat with him to get a better understanding of what playing in a band is like and his perspective of the Salt Lake music scene. And me and you produced and starred Sorry. in just the pilot episode. It never ever, ever yeah. got picked up, even though a lot of people are still talking about it,
2: um, to this, was, to this day, show? it's like a real tragedy. Um, people were big for Jort Cops.
1: People were big and still are big. For yeah, it's like. Cops. But let's explain what Jort yeah, Cops Yeah,
2: like is. 70s style cops, mm-hmm. very passionate about their jobs. And here's the twist they wear Jorts. That's kind of the
3: whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Jort Cops. It's a so,
2: comedy, but it's
1: also a drama.
2: Yeah, it's a dramedy. Dramatine. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was a really good time at it.
1: I would say really well filmed, really well written. And I but think yeah. that the
2: biggest risk of the whole production was that one of our <laughs> was going to come out the side of our pants <laughs> in those jorts cuz they were so high up. <laughs> I don't yeah, know I don't know d- if that d- kind d- of really language is okay on your on your podcast but Believe it. Believe
1: it. we rambled and reminisced for a while about the hit dramedy Jort cops, but this podcast is about local music and not two heartthrob cops from the 70s. So let's jump to Seth's band and local music again.
0: I wish it was about two hardcore cops for
1: the 70s. It will, will be. It Maybe will next be a episode. Bit, yeah,
2: yeah. I'm Seth Richardson, and I'm in the band Valet. Um, I started it with my good friend Maya a, little, a couple years ago, and well, we, I guess we played our first show together last August. Not this August, last August. It's a, little a, um, a little over a year ago. A little over a year ago, we've been playing like live music together. And then before that, we had been writing music together for about a year. So we've been just, just cracking. So it's been a good time. Um, I go to the University of Utah here. I study design, product design. And uh, it's called multidisciplinary design. So I guess I can go into multiple disciplines.
1: I wanted to go back to the beginning and see how the band started. So we started chatting about that a little bit
2: high school me and one of my friends we started going to like a lot of concerts together and we would probably go to we'd probably attend maybe two or three concerts a month which in high school is a little weird because we were also really broke so we would try to go to as many free ones as possible but we were like both big into music but the hard thing at the time was like i didn't have any hard music skills But I had, like, I really would look up at them, and I'd be like, wow, like, I want to do that. Like, that looks, like, fun. And I just thought, like, oh, like, if I'm experiencing it like this in the crowd, that must be just a whole other level of experience with them being able to play and and write. It's, like, probably a crazy connection. Seth then got caught up with other things in life, but explained that the urge to be on stage remained with him. And, and like, it was like a like, eating at me, I was like, I want to be in a band, right? But then you find yourself in a position where, okay, I played guitar at that point, and I was a little more confident in my songwriting and my singing, but I was like, but I was like, man, if if I, like, just try to, I can't just try to join a band, because that, like, it doesn't really suit what I'm good for. People don't really like to just bring people on in a band to write for them, you know what I mean? It's like, that's kind of what people want to do themselves. So I was like, I knew I had to just start something. And so, yeah, so I started pinning up like posters, like personal promo posters, like, hey, like, you know, this is me and this is the kind of music I like, this is the kind of music I write, you can check out the music I have here. I'm trying to start a man, right? And like, these are the kind of people I'm looking for. This pinning up posters method eventually led Seth to the audio production club on campus, where he got connected with a girl named Maya. What really came out of that is one of them heard that I was big into like trying to start a band, and he connected me with my good friend, Maya, who we then began writing together with, and we started the band together. With Maya, it was like we were both just really excited about music, um, and so we showed up and, to meet each other for the first time and like wrote a song right away. After meeting, Seth and Maya wrote music together for around six months before playing their first show. We played at Kilby Court, Wow! Um, and one of my best friends was playing, and he was kind of getting a band together at the same time, Um, and so we played with him. Um, And then the show actually ended up, like, selling out because everyone just really pushed it pretty hard. Um, And the audience was great, and what happened was, like, well, our drummer at that time, he has been in, like, a lot of bands. And he was an older guy, like, a little bit older. He was, like, maybe, I don't know, 27. And he was saying, like, guys, like, that's actually not normal. Like, because he, he was, because we got off the stage and we were all, you know, it's, like, kind of an, a tendency to be a little bit self-critical, to, like, enjoy the moment, but to also be, like, oh, like, this went wrong or whatever. And he was, like, guys, that was, like, that wasn't normal. Like, that was really good. And the people people don't usually act like that they don't like it that much and so yeah that was it was a nice like confirmation like we're we're heading in the right direction i think
1: after that first show ballet started to gather some official members to continue playing with them and continue to book
2: more shows the people that own kilby court uh sns they own urban lounge and they you know they run the block party and that kind of thing they just liked They just liked us. I think they saw the show and they thought that it was fun. And so, yeah, they actually, they just reached out to us again about playing a show. We played one there recently opening for a band. And then we're going to play another opening for a different band in November. And it's cool because we get to meet a lot of really cool people. Like We played with this band, um, Luna Luna and Michael Sayer recently. And I had seen him play live um in 2018 at Kilby Court. Um and he's not he's not from here. He's traveling with a band that I really like called Innerwave. Um and so yeah, it's like really cool cuz then I get to really like talk to people that I admire on like a similar level where there's not such a like a detachment. I can kind of know them as a person rather than as just like a figure.
1: Um what's kind of the emotion like before a show? Um like how do you prepare for it? Is it pretty nervy? or are you getting more
2: used to it? I, I'll tell you what, I'm getting more used to it now, but I'm also inclined towards stress when it comes to, like I'm not, a, a, I don't know, like I get a lot of stage fright, and so I almost threw up, like our first show, like, I was right right before they were like, don't throw up, don't. like they're like, it's gonna make, it's gonna be like, it's gonna be okay, like get on stage, it'll be better, but I was like so stressed the whole day. Seth
1: said that he's gotten more used to the stage fright since then, but he has developed some methods to getting over the anxiety.
2: You just got to get through one song, and then it's okay, Mm -hmm. you know? Then you're comfortable, and then the people aren't so foreign to you. And I also think that, like, when I get a chance to address the crowd, that really calms my nerves a lot. This got me thinking how I would feel before playing to a live audience. I wonder
1: if I could handle it. Anyway, a large part of this episode was to do a deep dive on the local music scene, so I wanted to ask Seth about the community from an artist's perspective.
2: The music scene is, like, awesome, pretty awesome here. And I think there's a little something for everyone. I don't know if my, like, viewpoint on it all is clouded because we just have, like, people have been so kind to us, and, like, we've gotten, like, a lot of love out of the gate. But... But, yeah, I always felt like just we got a lot of support. And and I felt like even at times when I didn't feel like I deserved it, like we got like automatic involvement and like people were like, yeah, you're one of the guys now. You know what I mean? Which is like a really good feeling because sometimes in my head I was like, oh, you know, we kind of got like it's like proving grounds. But like people were really like, You know, they were like, you guys have done a lot of work to be able to perform live, and so we want to just welcome you in.
1: Seth continued to explain how much of the local music scene is centered around community and how much the community aspect means to him.
2: I think in general, it's like, it's a practice that is not fun without other people, you know? And so community is everything, because if you can't get people to come to the show, then your show is going to be, like, a practice but yeah like it's it's such a cool thing I think to be able to connect with people and that's like been a big reason why I've always loved music and gotten into it is like I want to have shared experiences with people and and so like community is like everything when you want a good shared experience is like you have to be there with the people so it sounds
1: like community is such an important part of local music and kind of oh for
2: sure yeah do you think to a cheesy amount yeah to an absolute cheese ball amount it's like yeah it's all love and i don't want to do it if there's an if it's not like that's the thing it's too stressful it's stressful like it's too stressful putting together like organizing people and putting together shows and the anticipation it's like too stressful and it takes too much energy too much time if there's not love you know what i mean like if the if but, like, to see people enjoy it is, like, oh, I would, like, give as much time as, like, I don't care how much time. Because, like, if people like it, then, like, that's so awesome. So community is what makes the local music here so great. If
1: you're listening to this and don't know where to start with getting into Salt Lake's music scene, here's Seth's recommendation.
2: So I think on both sides, if you want to be someone that just attends concerts, maybe just go, you know? And I'm not saying that, like, just, just go. Give us money. No, it's like I mean, like whatever show. Like if you see something that interests you, um, and go start out. Go, go to Kilby Court. It's like really warm and welcoming for mo Like almost every show I've ever been to, you could pull up alone. Um, like that's actually just pretty fun. Sometimes you just go alone because you can just stand in the back, and when your legs get too tired, you can just go home, and it's ten bucks. So. You know, it's not that crazy. Um, yeah, so I think just um, you know, grab a friend, and even if you don't know band, go. And I think there's a similar sentiment where it's like, if you are interested in making music, then a really good way to get into it is to like, like you know, do what you can on your own, and then just go and meet people and tell people that that's what you want to do. There you go. Just go.
1: Again, listeners, that was Seth Richardson from the band Valet. It was great chatting with him. He told me that they have some new music on the way that they're really proud of, so be in the lookout for that. Also, make sure to check out the songs they already have released on Spotify. After chatting with Seth, I was even more stoked on learning about Salt Lake's music scene. And I thought it would be a good idea to talk to somebody that is a frequent showgoer. So I got in touch with Keegan Hayes, a writer at Slug Magazine.
3: Hi, my name is Keegan Hayes. I'm a volunteer film review writer at Slug Magazine. Really interested in the Utah local scene. Keegan is also an avid enthusiast of the hardcore music scene,
1: something I know little about. So we got together for an interview so he could educate me a little bit.
3: I'm somebody who says they're into all types of music, but when it comes to the local scene, I've sort of fallen in love with like this, this new wave of hardcore coming out, which is like hardcore is like this. It's like a mix, I guess, of metal and punk might be the best way to describe it. It's much heavier than punk music, but it has the same politics and mentality of that sort of punk era if that makes sense okay um and I first got into a really like really really got into it when I moved up to Salt Lake City because I'm from the suburbs like 15 minutes out of here and it's kind of crazy the difference in in the cultural Mm -hmm. um, between these two places so when I moved up to Salt Lake to start school I got really into the scene I started going to a lot more shows a lot more DIY stuff a lot of a lot of really cool met a lot of really cool people I got like, you know, I totally listened to a couple like hardcore songs every once in a while on Spotify, but I feel like the real like joy of that type of music is the, the live, the mm. live aspect of it. So once I moved back up and I started got attending these shows, that's when it really, really, like the passion really started to blossom for me.
1: I found that interesting to me. Keegan got into the hardcore genre through attending shows and experiencing the music live and being in that atmosphere. Keegan shares how one of his first hardcore shows really sparked that interest for him.
3: One of the my first shows that really made me like, man, I love this was a uh, it was a New Year's New Year's show. Okay, cool. At, over at Beehive, they were playing a bunch of bands were headlining because it was a big long show. I believe we were going to midnight. It was like Ribbon, Zodiac Killer. These are all some like local local stuff. And I went there with a friend of mine who had never really listened to hardcore before. And I had, at this point, I think I'd probably listened to it and maybe seen like one show or two. Okay. But this was the first show I was like, man, this is really like my people. This is so fun. And oh, I got a I got a Christmas tree thrown at me, which <laughs> it sounds terrible, but it was just felt like initiation, you know? I almost felt like, man, I got absolutely wrecked. I, I feel a part of this community now. And that's what it really is. It's just a community of people.
1: There it is again. That idea of finding that community. What I keep hearing is that the community aspect is such a prevalent thing for people when going to these local
3: shows. I definitely love it for the people. There's so much, it's, I think that It, it shows like this, usually you have the perfect people around, you know, people who are like pretty punk mentally, you know, they got those ideologies, like the, the leftist sort of perspective on things. It, it sort of is a place where, Things like gender, sexuality don't matter, and everybody just sort of like just has a great time, you know. And I'd say that's at most hardcore shows. I'd say the community is my favorite part of the whole thing, you know, getting to go and getting to just like envelop yourself in this group of people who most of the time you don't really know them. There's always new faces around. Sometimes you recognize them, but like only from other shows, you know, and just going crazy with a group of people for like an hour or two, you know. It's it's a, it's a great feeling. It's very, very freeing, I guess, might be yeah. the right way to put
1: it. The way Keegan describes the feelings you get when you go to a hardcore show is making me want to go and see what it's all about, especially since Salt Lake is a hub for this kind of
3: scene, which Keegan explains. I think that uh, anywhere where you have a very oppressive culture, you're always going to have a very strong counterculture against that. And I think that Salt Lake has always... At least in the past twenty years, from what I know, it's become a bit of a hub for that that sort of mentality. And the queer community, the LGBTQ plus community, has really grown in Salt Lake. If I if I'm correct, I believe like we have one of the highest populations of queer identifying people in the entire country, um, which is really cool. And I think that sort of counterculture is directly tied with that, you know, hardcore scene. You know, both the music and the and the culture go hand in hand in a sense.
1: Okay, listeners, I'm back in the studio now. I would say I've learned a lot of my journey so far about the local music scene, but I think the only thing left to do is to go to a hardcore show myself and take you listeners along. So I've been looking around for shows, and I found this place called Aces High Saloon, and their website says Salt Lake's only music venue dedicated to heavy metal, punk rock, and outlaw country music. I've never heard of outlaw country music, so that might need to be another episode itself, but this Wednesday, there's a lot of bands playing one called NARC, All Systems Fail, Resistance Culture, and Avscum, I think is how you pronounce that. So they sound pretty hardcore enough. So I guess let's jump to a little Oliver in the Wild segment heading to the show. Okay, I'm here with uh, my good friend Lexi, (laughs) um, who really likes to be on podcasts. I
0: love
1: it. But they're the only friend I know that, Likes punk music. Would you say that's a correct statement? That is a
0: correct statement. I'm not sure if we're going to a punk show
1: though. We're a little iffy in where we're going, but we were looking for a show with kind of heavier music. Um, and we found this bar where they do. Apparently, they do like heavy metal and punk shows.
0: Mostly a yeah, a hardcore band.
1: Hardcore band. So we're seeing a hardcore band. We're documenting the experience. We're seeing what it's like. We're contributing to local music in Salt Lake. We'll tune back in when we're when we're inside. Okay. We're here. We're in Aces High Saloon now. I feel good. I ordered a quesadilla. We're waiting for the first band to go on. Uh, any thoughts, Lexi? It's very punk in here. It's very
2: punk. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, that was NARC, and my whole worldview has changed.
0: Hey
1: everybody, this is me. After the metal show, my ears are ringing. Um, through chatting around a little bit, I discovered that it was kind of a subgenre. It was very uh, heavy, it was more drum and bass heavy there wasn't really any of the any lead guitars on any of the bands it was very but man my whole perception on the genre changed after going out to see these bands and going out to be a part of this community in salt lake it really is it really takes going out to see these bands live to kind of understand what they're all about like yeah Hey okay, everybody, I'm back from the hardcore show Aces High Saloon. Uh, How was
0: it? Was it crazy? Was it wild?
1: I was a little intimidated at first, I won't lie, just based on feeling a little out of place. You know, I didn't have like the punk clothing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people there had like some spikes sticking out of like cool made vests and stuff. Oh, cool, okay. Just a lot of, you know, like actual punk clothing.
0: So the ambiance was there. The ambiance was you there. You felt left out because you didn't have any spikes.
1: On the outside, it felt left out. But okay. I got inside, and everyone was really friendly. Like the guy that we gave money to to get into the show was super nice. And then I got a quesadilla. Ooh. As you heard in the episode, I got a cheese quesadilla. And the guy that brought the quesadilla out to me was like, if you've seen the movie Salt Lake City Punk, he looked like <laughs> one of those guys. Like he had a dyed pink. Uh, Mohawk? Mohawk that wow. was like a foot tall.
0: Oh, like oh, straight up to oh, yeah. the head. Oh, yeah. And then Flames like
1: shaved sh- on the sides. Wow,
0: yeah. that's awesome. That
1: night was like heavy metal, almost death metal.
0: Ooh. So
1: it was very hardcore, as you guys heard. And it was not what I was expecting. I thought I'd get like really riled up, but like. You could feel the bass and the drums like through you, and I was sitting kind of back against the wall mm-hmm. for a section of it. I was moving around, they got closer to the bands for a little bit. But you could like feel it through your whole body. And then after like the um, set finished for a band, you'd feel like, I don't know, this weird like sense of calm. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Yeah. But like Keegan was saying, like you definitely can't judge. As you, like a genre of music until you go and and see a show, see a show and experience kind of the community aspect of it.
0: Yeah, it's that's, that. Seems like community's kind of been the core of everything that we found out for sure.
1: I think like the whole idea of local music is like the local ver- like the local idea of it. Like you're going with a group of people. And just kind of finding your community, you know what I mean? And
0: having an experience together.
1: Definitely, and a lot of people there, uh, Aces High Saloon, seemed to know each other pretty well, and just like lots of hugs were going around. They were like a very warm, welcoming group of people, which I was not expecting. I was pretty intimidated before going, mm-hmm. and then afterwards, I like I was talking to the sound guy a little bit. He said it was nice hanging out with me. The guy with the Mohawk was really nice. Mm-hmm. He was like,
0: "Here's your quesadilla, man," and I
1: just felt very,
0: very welcome.
1: Very welcome. Very warm. Like I would definitely go back. Honestly, like mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I think I'd probably listen to a little bit more hardcore just on Spotify and stuff, but I wouldn't say I'm like a big hardcore guy on my own. But like going to a show and being with those people, just like
0: yeah. But it, it seems like those people also didn't mind that you're not weren't necessarily like a metalhead. No, just like hey, you're here, so you're here, and so we're friends. Because yeah, well, we're all here to support the same kind of thing.
1: Definitely. Wow. Yeah. So that was my experiencing out, experience out in the wild. That was my whole deep deep dive into the local music scene.
0: And that seems. What both Keegan and Seth were talking about is, like, the local community is really what makes it a thing of, like, going to see shows and having the people that you know around your own neighborhood and the new people who come in from places that you don't know seems to be kind of the golden the golden ideal.
1: The golden ideal.
0: The golden ideal is, is community. Sweet, sweet community and being nice to each other and loving everyone despite what music taste you have. Definitely. Wow. That's pretty cool
1: it's been a fun episode
0: it's been a really fun episode we got to go see more local bands
1: definitely and you listeners if you feel like you i hope after listening to this if you don't really know where to start with like going to some smaller local venues i hope you feel a little bit better about it even if you wouldn't consider yourself a hardcore fan but you can find joy in a lot of different mm-hmm. places you know
0: lots of friends to be made definitely
1: a lot even, of friends to be made
0: even where you're don't think they
1: can be. A lot of Christmas trees to be thrown at you.
0: (laughs) If you go to a Christmas show, beware of flying (laughs) Christmas Christmas trees. trees. But other than that, it seemed like nothing was thrown at you.
1: Nothing was thrown at me. In fact,
0: maybe you'll get handed a nice quesadilla. So, go support the shows. Go see what's out there. Meet new people. Yes. Go to new places.
1: Very fun. Um, Again, listeners, this was another episode of Can of Worms. Thank you to our producer, Cambria.
0: You're so welcome.
1: Thanks again, Keegan and Seth for being on the show and talking to me. We'll catch you next time.